have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast, and I'm super excited for our guest tonight. We have Renee Fick. Hey, girly. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on so last minute. It's amazing because we were just talking before the show how we found each other and we, we could really figure it out, but you know, it happened so last minute and it was so aligned and I'm so grateful to have you on here. So thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. Yay. So I'm going to introduce you and then we'll, we'll dive in. So Renee is a mom of three, fellow mom of three, an occupational therapist and advocate for moms who desire more grace, space, and rest within their lives. She has found strength beyond her own to navigate life struggles, multiple miscarriages, life with three kids, working mom life, stay-at-home life, and a husband with a brain tumor and seizures. She now has passion to connect with others, other amazing women who inspire women to uncover their own worth, live in the rawness of life, and let go of constant chaos. She's the host of the annual More Than Mom Summit, the Great Clutter Clear Out Challenge, and the podcast, The Cherished Project, Grace and Intention for Everyday Life. Wow, girl. <laughs> okay, I don't even know where to begin. That's quite the bio. So I think you know that on this podcast, we really like to dive into people's truths. There's nothing more powerful than sharing your story. Um, I'd love to sort of hear your story from, from you. Yeah. Well, and I'll just comment on the the crazy bio is that I feel like I'm a recovering multitasker and over extender, overachiever. That's kind of my personality. And it's something I've been working on, which is kind of funny how we always end up helping other people do the things that we struggle with the most. So that's kind of that. Yeah, I am a big, huge advocate of simplifying and making things easier. So that's just ingrained in a part of my story too. And so it seems overwhelming, but simplifying and slowing it all down has been a huge part of my whole journey with that. Mm. I, I mean, that's so in alignment with what I do as well. And you're absolutely right about, you know, we end up where we've been <laughs> to help others, you know, out of that space. You know, I was a recovering perfectionist. I needed everything to be perfect, which was a total like get in my own way. And yeah, it's just been so peaceful to let go of that and realize that imperfection is perfect. And, you know, we all have a journey and it's okay to sort of, you know, just muddle through it and get out the other side. And it's, it's so nice over here. Sounds like same for you. <laughs> Yeah, completely. I think that before I had kids, I probably could have managed it all and done it all and just plugged away and been happy and content. But I think after you have kids, it just adds this exponential layer of what we can manage and what we can handle. And I think so many moms run to, into the ground because we think we can handle the same amount of stuff that we handled pre-kids, but yet our body chemistry, our bodies, like our time, everything is so completely shifted. So 
it's a huge, I think, uh, overestimation that we're going to be able to do all of what we did before with kids plus more, plus do it super well. And we just hold ourselves to this massive expectation, you know? The super mom phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And super, I think, you know, Pinterest is the one thing that always comes to mind when I think of the super mom in this <laughs> idea that you go on Pinterest and you think that everybody is able to bake something really great and they're able to decorate their house really great and they've got this great, you know, closet and they you look at everything but yet Pinterest is the culmination of everybody's best stuff so yeah well not even just the highlight reel but it's like you're taking your one neighbor across the street maybe a phenomenal baker and so she's posting all about her baking stuff whereas your neighbor down the street she may be really great at like retroing, you know, household, not appliances, but like furniture and doing really great. So she's sharing that. And so you put all of those together and you have this expectation that that's coming from one person, but yet you're taking the, the strengths of every individual. And so I like, when I think about Pinterest and I think of that like online or what we're doing is that we all have our own strengths that we bring to the table and we make this beautiful melting pot like Pinterest. But when we hold ourselves to the expectation that we are the only person doing all of what's on Pinterest, that's when we get in trouble. Does that make sense? It's like uh, this, the super mom effect on steroids. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So tell me, tell me a bit about your story. How did you get into what you're doing? You know, where did all of this come from? And then we'll dive into what the things are that you're doing. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest kind of catalyst for my story was about three or four years ago, my husband was randomly diagnosed with a brain injury or a brain tumor after he had an injury to his head. He had fallen just playing basketball and went into the ER and lo and behold, it's not a bleed, but he's now, we found out he had a tumor. And so it was in that span of finding out he had a tumor that I got a new job. And then right before I hired on with the new job, I found out I was pregnant and we had just so much happen all in that season and that space. And when I got to, you know, six or seven months down the road and he was, my husband had had seizures and then I was getting ready to have a new baby. There was just so much that I couldn't stop. I had to just keep going. It was one of those seasons where people ask, like, how did you get through there? And I said, I don't know. I just kept going. I just knew we had to. I, I had to buckle down. I had to do it. I had to be the person driving us back and forth to him to work and taking care of the groceries and taking the kids to school and all of that. Like, it fell all on my shoulders. And so it was about six months post my baby being born. He had been about a year post-surgery and had gotten his license back from the seizures and all of that. Like life felt stabilized after that big tumultuous year. I think that that's when it really hit me that everything on the outside looked great. I had a healthy family. We were all intact. Like things were good. My job was settled. My kids were great. And we were in Hawaii on our 10-year anniversary trip. And I, I was miserable inside. I felt so wasted and so overwhelmed and depleted and exhausted. And I remember texting some friends and saying like, is this postpartum depression? Is this what this feels like? And they're like, no, I don't think that's postpartum depression. That's just like exhaustion and like you've done it all. Um, 
And so it was that moment in Hawaii when I said, like, I really didn't want to come home. I didn't want to be a part of my family. I didn't want to be a mom anymore. I didn't want to be married anymore. And I realized that like something had to shift. Whatever I was doing in my life, however I was taking care of myself, taking care of my family, all of it just wasn't working and I was exhausted. And so, yeah, I came home from that trip like determined that something was going to be different. And that was kind of where, that was the catalyst, I guess, for the whole journey. Wow. So when you realized something had to be different, what, what actions did you take to make it different? Is that when you started your own business? Did you jump into personal development? What, what did you do? Yeah. So before that, like right after I had had my baby, I kind of started doing some health coaching with other people that just a couple of my friends that wanted to get in shape and wanted to get back. So I created sort of like a postpartum group of women that all wanted, we all had babies around the same time and we wanted to get back in shape and start taking of ourselves. And that was probably the kickstart to, okay, I need to dive more into personal development. But I think the biggest piece coming back was looking at my whole life and looking at what is taking up my time, what's taking up my energy, what is distracting me from the things that matter the most, what is the most important thing to me because everybody's priorities are going to be completely different. So I started with my house, to be completely honest, and realizing I couldn't handle all of the stuff going on in my house and I couldn't afford to have somebody come in and do it for me. So I had to figure it out. And the the easiest way that I figured out was to start getting rid of the stuff. And so I started decluttering my space and decluttering my home so that I had less on my to-do list. But as I did that, I realized that like the clutter wasn't just in my space and in my home. It was in my mind and it was in my relationships and it was in all of the different aspects of my life. And how could I simplify and get rid of all the clutter and the things that I was holding on to that didn't really serve me and that weren't serving my family or what my life I truly wanted to, to be about. And so I started kind of culling through and determining what, what is this physical stuff in my house that can go? What is the stuff that I don't need to hold on to? And in the past, I held on to a lot. I was super frugal. My husband's super frugal. He's still coming along on these getting rid of stuff thing. He's not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> But we were always super frugal. And so I think we held on to stuff and we took stuff that people would give to us for free because we were so focused on trying to save money. We didn't want to spend money. We didn't have to worry about, you know, money going out. And so that was a big thing. I think we collected and I wouldn't call us hoarders by any means, but just the little things that were stuff that I had to pick up at the end of the day or the kids' toys that I had to pick up consistently. And that was the first part of clearing that stuff out, the actual tangible stuff, and then navigating into where's my time being spent? Where do I want it to go? Hmm. It's interesting you say that because in our mastermind, the Boss Mama Mastermind, we talk about this a lot about sort of the comparison of time and money and where would you spend your money versus where do you spend your time? You know, mm -hmm. so seeing, seeing where the sucks are, like where, where's the, my husband calls it parasitic expenses. So like where are your time parasitic expenses that you're, you know, where, where are you wasting time just yeah. on like scrolling Instagram or Pinterest even, or you know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting that you said that. I, I love that. 
And yeah, it's just stuff, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's would you call yourself a minimalist then? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> If you walked into my house right now, it would not look minimalistic, but I do think that I have released a lot of emotional connection and the burden of stuff where now I can look at something and say, this doesn't serve me. I don't need it anymore. And I'm going to get rid of it. Um, My husband has, you know, some things that we've been clearing out and moving around in our house. And I've said, you know, AKA his guitar that he hasn't played since I've known him. And we've been together like 14 years. Um, I've never seen him play it. And so I'm like, why do we need this guitar? And he's like, well, I love, I really want it. It's sentimental and I really want to keep it. And so for me, I've gone from that place of saying, oh, okay, let's just keep it to, but why? Like what, if you really want a guitar or if you really want golf clubs is another one, if you really want these things someday in the future, then get them someday in the future. But if we're just holding onto them now for the maybe or the someday, then it, I feel like we don't need it. So I've really shifted a lot in that respect for sure of not necessarily being minimalist. Like my house doesn't look like that yet, but more of that lifestyle of choosing to be a little bit more minimalistic with what I bring in and how much I'm getting rid of. Mm -hmm. So on that topic, explain to me what the great clutter clear out challenge is because that sounds super cool. (laughs) Yeah. So periodically I will host the great clutter clear out where I will help women kind of take cold take a hold of some of that clutter in a quick five-day span. And so each day we focus on a different area of the house or a different task or a different thing. And the last time I did it, it was phenomenal to watch and see some of the before and after pictures of people, you know, with completely piled up cluttered kitchen counters to going their after picture in like one day was completely clear crystal countertops, you know, there's nothing on it. And it was just really beautiful to watch the transformation and the eye opening that people can experience when they just be really intentional with today, I'm going to get rid of all of this stuff and building into that week some habits that will keep it that way, not necessarily, you know, two days later, there's piled of stuff, but like, what do we do to keep it from being cluttered again. And so, yeah, it's been a little while. It's probably due to run one of those again. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do run that periodically where I just walk people through one day at a time. Like, what can we focus on? Because I think that's the other thing that gets people overwhelmed when they think about clutter or stuff or minimalism is where do I start? What do I do? There's so much. How do I even get going? And it really is all about momentum. Just starting with one task a day, starting with one area or choosing one technique. Like I'm not going to bring anything new into the house this week, or I'm only going to use the food that's in the pantry this week or things like that. Where if you start to shift that mindset of, I don't need more, I don't need to buy more. And then how you can get rid of the stuff that you have already I love that because we live in such a consumer-based society. It's so like everything is more, 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 bigger, better. You know, it's it's so crazy. So I love that, you know, you're, you're simplifying things. It's, it's awesome because we all need that, especially as moms, right? It's so, we find it so difficult to, to simplify our lives when we've got multiple kids with multiple interests, doing different activities. And that's my biggest, I would say, struggle with 
simplicity is, you know, I've got three kids, I've got a 13 year old and a four year old and a two year old. They all have completely different interests, completely different like set of toys and things that they want to do and play with. So it's always just stuff everywhere. And we've been working diligently to make sure that they each know that it's their responsibility to clean up their own messes Mm -hmm. (laughs) or things do go. very quickly but yeah it's definitely a challenge to to keep it simple and you know get rid of those things and I've seen that whole oh well it's sentimental I don't want to throw it away I've seen that in my household too not for yeah. me <laughs> yeah well and I think even tacking on to talking about the kids but teaching I think the big shift in the whole way things are right now and this desire for want more and more and more is kind of the instant gratification piece. We don't have to wait for anything anymore. In years and years prior, we weren't able to order something instantly from Amazon or have it at the door or the grocery store or whatever. So for me, like even now, if I need something, I can order it on Amazon within 10 seconds and it's done. We couldn't do that years ago. So this instant gratification piece, I think is a big part of it. And so that's a piece that I'm trying to teach my kids is when you're at the store and you see something you so desperately want, do you really, really, really want that? Or are you just wanting it because in the moment it feels good and it's going to satisfy that instant gratification piece? My daughter recently wanted a puppy and she was with my husband at the store. They called me on FaceTime and said, can I buy this little puppy? Like not a real puppy, but a dog puppy. And I said, are you really sure that's how you want to spend your money? Like, are you really, really, really sure? And she's like, yes, yes, yes. Like desperate to buy this puppy, which I've never heard her wanting ever before. And it came home and I kid you not, my three-year-old has adopted that puppy rather than the one that bought it because the one that bought it doesn't care about the puppy. It was like only in that moment, you know? So really trying to teach them that you don't need something in that moment just because it looks so great. Give it some time. And as adults, we need that same lesson most of the time, like that instant gratification piece. Well, and it's learning to, like, I talk about gratitude a lot because it's something that, you know, I feel like I've always been a grateful person, but I, it wasn't until I started practicing and I say that I emphasize that word and I'll say why in a second, but it wasn't until I started practicing gratitude that I truly understood what it meant and what it is and the benefits of it and, you know, how it can really just transform your mindset and your life. And I say practicing because it is a practice. It's not just the act of like, Oh yeah, I'm grateful. Life is good. Woohoo. And like, you know, being happy, it's about really honing in on what you're grateful for, being grateful for what you have and not desiring more constantly, mm-hmm. not to be confused with goal setting because it's okay to set goals and challenge yourself. You know, this isn't about rolling over and just being like, yeah, I'm cool with what I got. It's okay. But really just being grateful. Like deeply grateful for what you have realizing i mean the experience that you've been through with your husband like just realizing how precious every breath is realizing how precious you know having healthy children and having you know our families and a roof over our heads and clean water to drink and just really practicing that act of gratitude so that you realize you don't need more you don't yeah right yeah completely Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Like it's been a big lesson and it's been a big practice of mine for years now, but it it took, it took 
personal development. It took a lot of work. I have a gratitude journal. You know, I use the, um, the five minute journal app on my phone, which is, you know, they have prompts for gratitude. You can add photos. I really enjoy that. So yeah, it's become like a, a morning and evening daily practice for me to, to really talk about gratitude. And I've been sort of practicing it with my kids too. You know, what are you grateful for? And of course they look at me like I have three heads, like, huh, <laughs> what's that? Yeah. And it's like, no, what are you grateful for? Look around at what you have and tell me what you're grateful for. So I've really been like practicing that with them and it's made a massive change in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of what allowed me to release so much too, is that when you recognize what you, what you really do have and what those things are that really matter the most to you, the other stuff can kind of fall by the wayside. You realize, you know, I do have a house and I do have a car and I do have a job and I do, I have a great healthy family at this point. Like who cares if I have that latest shoe, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. it. So tell me about the more than mom summit because this whole thing summit, it's a, it's a word that's becoming very popular. I'm involved in several of them. I'm a a guest speaker at a couple this fall. So tell me what is the more than mom summit and how did, how did this come about? Yeah, it was a a little more than a year ago, probably about a year and a half ago, I kept the same idea. Like I kept hearing this idea of a summit and something about it just really resonated with me. And I felt really strongly about it. I have a really strong desire to create collaboration among women rather than competition. And I, I read the book Girl Code years and years ago, and I think that it just has really resonated with me that like more women need to collaborate and not necessarily segregate. And so or compete. And so I wanted to put together this summit. And so the whole intention was to provide a space of sharing with women that have expertise in different areas that wanted to share with women about how to let go of mom guilt. Um, I forget what the topics last year, let go of mom guilt. This year was about simplifying and finding the joy in the everyday. I don't remember what the topic specifically last year, but along the lines of letting go of mom guilt and like creating this space for moms. And so we did it for the whole month of May last year and this year. So it coincides with Mother's Day. And it's just a really great way for women to, you know, tune in once a day for 20 minutes for the whole month to hear people talk about different ways that you can create the space you want in your life, how to build more connection with your family, how to let go of some of the mom guilt, like a whole range of different topics. And It last year when I ran it was what was the catalyst for me, like that little seed that planted saying, you need to start a podcast. You need to start a podcast. And so it took me a whole year, probably about nine months to finally actually launch the podcast. But it just, it felt so good to be in that space of being able to connect and collaborate with women and to hear their story and hear share together and how we can work together and support each other and just create this forum for sharing more authentically. And when we see social media, like so much of social media is the highlight reel. It's even now it's almost like not coined. That's not the right word, but like 
put thought out vulnerability and thought out authenticity. It's not like the real vulnerability and authenticity. So it's almost made it like we see authenticity on social media, but it's there intentionally and it's not necessarily just a real authenticity. It's kind of this weird phenomenon, but yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to just create a space where people could just share and talk and yeah. So that was kind of where it came in this last year. We just finished up in May was the second time we ran it. And it was awesome. Like every woman in there, when I walk, when I do all the recordings for it, I walk away just feeling so like, like I just got a double dose shot of personal development (laughs) and Mm -hmm. feeling pumped up. It's just great. Yeah. You're speaking my language, all of those things, you know, the collaboration over competition and you know, just really supporting, really truly supporting moms, not the fake support. I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about when you say, you know, the the false authenticity, because it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's a really, you know, you're showing your whatever it is, your role on your tummy, but like how many images did you take before you actually posted the one that you posted? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. thought out stuff. And, and I think it's great. And, you know, we all have a platform to serve and, you know, it's, it's fine. Like that's what Instagram's purpose is. It is a highlight reel, but yeah, I love the podcast world for that. It's raw, it's authentic. You know, this wasn't a scripted conversation, for example, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just real Mm -hmm. and people want that. I mean, even so how many people you know, I won't be able to see a show of hands, obviously, but like how many people out there like watch reality TV? They want reality and those reality TV shows are not real, right? It's like, and like cameras are placed accordingly and they like make you, when you're an actor in one of these reality TV shows, they like tell you how to react to things. But like podcasting, it is real. It Mm -hmm. is super raw and real. And that's why I was drawn to it as well. It's just really sharing people's stories, no filters, no, you know, drama. Like you can see that there is a support system out there. There is a said village, albeit, you know, digital and in your ear, but like we're here to really genuinely support moms and, you know, give that back to them. You know, our biggest thing at YGT Mama is to let moms know that they're not alone. And I can't think of a better way to do that than sharing others' stories. And that's yeah. how the books came about and the podcast and all those things for me. So I love that, you know, we're so in alignment on our values and I love that we can have this conversation and not be in competition going, you know, wondering whose clients, whose and whatever else is like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to compete anymore. <laughs> I really, truly don't. It's just, it's all about support and, you know, helping other people grow and develop and just supporting their businesses and supporting their motherhood and just helping them be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how like in the digital age that we're in, how available and how much access we have to so many different resources and people and this ability to watch, like even on social media, to be able to see what your neighbor or your best friend or your person long friend from college that you haven't talked to in 20 years. Like you can see what's going on in their life, but yet at the same time, we're so like isolated. We Mm -hmm. feel as moms and even just 
that we're in this in on our own, even though we have such access and it's amazing. So I think it is really powerful for moms to be able to expand out and to like tap into some of those resources. Because I know for me as a mom, when I was home with three littles, I, I felt like I was the only one. I felt like I was the only one feeling the way I was, even because when I look on social media, everybody else looks like they're managing all three of their kids and they're feeling great and they're not yelling and they're doing peaceful parenting and they're still making all of their meals and their, you know, their house is clean and all of these things like you felt like, why am I the only one that's failing, you know? And so I think that it's amazing. It's really important for us to step out of and access some of these resources like podcasts or books or community groups or something to where you can just touch with another mom in a real unauthentic way and know that you're not in it alone. Yeah. Well, I love how you said before grace, space, and rest, because I feel like when we're trying to do all the things and, you know, move around in this space of trying to be perfect and be like somebody else and the comparison trap and like, why am I the only one failing and all of those things, you know, we, we really do get exhausted and we need to learn to give ourselves grace and to give ourselves space and to give ourselves rest. All of those things are so important and they're the last things to go in, in motherhood, right? Mm-hmm. They're the last things that we provide for ourselves. Yeah. Real rest, genuine rest real space, time for ourselves, self-care, right? And then grace, just like giving ourselves permission to screw up once in a while because we're perfect and we're not like, yeah, I yell. I probably yell every day at least once. You know, I make a conscious effort not to. And, you know, I, I use other strategies. You know, I have a degree in early childhood education. Like I know better. Yeah. But in the moment, it's like, oh man, you're driving me crazy and clearly you don't hear me because you're not listening. And then, you know, sometimes yelling occurs and I give myself grace. I give my babe a hug and I say, I'm sorry. And I own my stuff and I apologize, but you know, I I have to give myself space to allow those moments to happen because we're not perfect and we'll never be perfect. And striving for perfection is what's making so many people crazy out there. Right. It's like, it's too much. It's too much pressure. Yeah. I love that you, you focus on giving more grace because I think that's super important. And in sharing our, our truths and sharing these real raw moments, we're also giving other moms permission to do the same. Completely. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it is forgotten and we do only see what other people are doing through social media and photographs and you know these pretty blogs and all of these things but at the end of the day like we're all just schlepping away at motherhood and trying to make it all work right and that's yeah. Okay. yeah yeah and I think that that's where it's it's really powerful to even have one or two other mom friends that you talk to on a regular basis that you feel comfortable sharing because for me in this season that I've been in I just haven't had the time to actually meet up with friends much. I haven't had time to go do things with friends. Like it's just been, it hasn't been a big priority in my life right now. 
But I still need that connection and that sense of, okay, I'm still doing this okay. And that sounding board and that person that's going to hear you when you feel like you're failing or, you know, I love Voxer, the app Voxer. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of friends on there that I can just get on there and say, gosh, I was so frustrated this morning because of X, Y, Z or get their messages back in here. And to be able to have that real conversation, because even if we were doing it via social media, even messaging or email or something. It just doesn't have the same ring. And I understand that many women don't have a lot of time to actually physically get together with somebody or to actually make a time that works for nap schedules and work schedules and everything to actually talk on the phone. So having those voice messages go back and forth can be really powerful in just breathing and creating a little bit of that space, you know, to say, I screwed up, I goofed up, but that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because that's exactly why I created the Boss Mama Mastermind. It was more about bringing a group of women together so that they felt like they had that village and they had the, the friendships. And it's so beautiful and powerful to see women who have never met you know, get together in a digital space and really share their truth. We talk about every single week when we have our mastermind call, we talk about a challenge that we're having and, you know, basically what happened that week that challenged us. But then we talk about a win, you know, where am I winning right now? And it can be something very small. It can be something like microscopic even, Mm -hmm. but we celebrate those wins. Like it's a freaking million dollar check. You know yeah. what I mean? We celebrate it hard and together, a group of strangers. Um, obviously, by the end of the six-week program, they're no longer strangers, but it really just creates a space for these moms to have friendships, but to also have accountability, you know, and also have some training and some tools that are provided to create more space in their lives and to create, you know, some business tools around growing their mostly new ventures. So it's a really cool thing to watch. But yes, I think having friendships, whether it's strangers that you've just met or old friends that you can still connect with, whatever that looks like for you, you need to have that sort of social release, right? It can't all just be scrolling Instagram 100% of the time and wondering why you're screwing up so bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Well, I want to get from you before we close out this episode. I just want to know some tools that you have and you'd be willing to share with our listeners around sort of like making the to-do list a little bit easier and simplifying the day-to-day. You know, like what is the, like your mom hack, like the one thing that has sort of changed everything for you? I know we talked about you know, decluttering and clearing out our physical space. But if there was one thing, like you could tell a mom who's like sitting right now listening to this podcast going, wow, that was a really powerful conversation. But like, now what? (laughs) Now what do I do? What do I do with it? Yeah. Well, on a real tangible level, I would say that you make an intention to say no to something every single day, whether that be buying something, whether it be bringing something into your home, whether it be something on your calendar, or maybe just 
randomly at the store, like people have a really hard time saying no. And so getting really comfortable with that word, it's not a dirty word. I mean, we say it a million times to our kids oftentimes, but yet to say it to anybody else or to say to things that are infringing on us, it's really hard for us to do that. So I would say that that's a huge catalyst is make it a habit that you find some way to say no to something every day. Not in a way that you're being negative, but this is like a no that's giving you freedom, a no that's giving you a yes somewhere else, that's giving you space somewhere else. And so being growing in that habit and getting okay with that. And so when I talk with my clients and stuff, I give them each day, they're only allowed to write three things on their to-do list because if we're being completely honest, our to-do list could be a million and a mile long. It's never going to stop. It's never going to go away. Like you're never going to get to the end of the to-do list. So in order to manage it and to feel sane and to feel comfortable, you have to change your perspective on the list and make the list work for you rather than feel like this intense intimidating, toxic thing that's just going to take you down. So only putting three things that are your must-to-do things on your list each day, and then you can put three things that you like to do, and really making sure that you write them down, because the way your brain works is that if you have a to-do in your head, like you have to schedule a doctor's appointment, and you don't write it down, that, that your brain is trying to maintain that thought. It's trying to remember, I have to make that appointment. I have to make that appointment. I have to make that appointment. And so instead of releasing it and allowing your brain to relax so that you can focus on the kids that are in front of you or focus on the tasks that you're doing, your brain is trying to multitask, the, keeping that thought there. So just by physically writing down the task, on a piece of paper can make a world of difference and doing it. I often recommend doing it the night before, because if you write it down, your to do's the night before and you go to bed, your brain is still working on those pieces overnight. So if you have something that you are working on, something that's creative, a project or anything like that, your brain is going to start processing that while you're sleeping. So when you wake in the morning, you either have a solution to a problem you had the night before, you've already kind of worked out some of the kinks, or you're already primed and ready to go. Like your brain is just ready than if you wake up in the morning and try to do it in the morning. So those would be my like number one things that I would recommend starting with is getting used to saying no every day, making your list only a couple things long, three to six, and um, doing it the night before so that your brain is primed and ready for all of that. And I know I, I had thought about mentioning this a few minutes ago when we were talking about grace, but Another really, really big, powerful thing that has been for me, which would be a whole nother podcast episode in of itself, <laughs> is learning to align with my menstrual cycles in terms of productivity. Because I know without a doubt that I'm going to yell and be more temperamental with my kids and flipping my lid and all of those doubts and fears and worries and things, they're going to come at a certain time of the month. There's going to be another time of the month where I'm acing it. And I feel like those to-do lists are just getting like, check, 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 check. I got this and I'm 100% on, I'm on fire. And so, and then there's other times in the month for other different, you know, parts of who we are. But when you have those two weeks that are contrasting each other, sometimes you can feel like an utter failure when you're comparing your one week where you were on top of it and you were acing it and you were slam dunking everything to this week where you feel like just the world is falling apart. And so, 
for me now, I know that and I track that and I'm very diligent about knowing where my body is at and my hormone levels are at that if I'm in that space, I now can say, hey, this is just this week. Give it a week and things will be better. Or like, I'm just going to make sure I give myself more space and self-care this week and maybe not take on those extra projects this week because I know I'm already setting myself up for failing this week if I do that. And so having that really strong awareness of where I can realistically put those massive to-dos or where those weeks where I maybe need to skip the to-do list for a couple of days and being really aware of that has been really transformational for me. Mm, Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Wow. Lots of information and lots of good stuff. So if our listeners didn't get enough today and they want to track you down and find all the awesomeness that you're up to, where's the best place to, to do that? I'll have all of your links and everything on the show notes, but where, where do you like to hang out the most? Um, well, right now I'm nowhere because it's summer. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> home with my family, but typically Instagram is the place that I like to be the best or the most. Um, and I do have a five steps to declutter free download if anybody wants that that kind of walks through physical stuff and then gets into a little bit of the start of how you start to clear out your mindset pieces and that would just be at reneefic.com backslash five steps to declutter so both of those but yeah yeah well i'll post all the links on the show notes to this episode and yeah go follow this amazing woman everyone and track it down because this is so helpful and so needed and just thank you for being here today and sharing yeah thanks so much and yeah I'm just excited to follow along and see what's next yeah thanks so much for having me on it was fun absolutely and thank you everyone for tuning in you know the drill head on over and leave us a rating and a review if you haven't already and thanks for tuning in Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.